All right, so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the disability community. Um, I'm 48 and I work for Berkshire County Arc. I got involved, I think when I was a, a little girl, just watching my mom take care of people. And from then on, I just, just saw what it did for them. And I just found myself in the healthcare field going down that path. And I ended up working in many places um, and just experience, to have the experience working with um, disability and people with mental illness and, and different area aspects of life. It, it, um, it, it was just a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, what made you want to get involved with Berkshire County ARC? Actually, a friend of mine had um, told me about BARC. Um, and, you know, I inquired. I said, well, tell me about them. And she told me all the different things that they did. And I was, like, blown away because I'm, like, I've never heard of, like, people doing things for brain injury people. I only thought of, you know, brain injuries was all those that were inside, maybe the hospitals only, you know, never out in homes or things like that. So I was curious to see what that was about. And, and when I came on board and I saw all the different things that was available, all the different things that the company had did for the dis disabled and brain injury, I was like, really like, wow. This is, this is, this is out there. This is, <laughs> you know, I never knew about it, but just to see it up front and everything that they did, I was like, wow, I want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So like, what's your day-to-day -day like at the organization at Berkshire County Arc? What do you do exactly? The, the best thing that I do the most of is I interact. I interact with the individuals. Um, I, we, whatever their need is, that's what I do. You know, if they prefer to go to a certain place or just different, um, maybe something's going on, that's what I'll do. And um, I'm just there to meet their needs. And, you know, in the midst, they're, they're helping me too. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. And I, I just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes people with disabilities are not able to advocate themselves for a number of different reasons, you know, how have you been able to establish that role of kind of like guiding them and helping people with disabilities out, you know, based on, you know, whatever they may need? Um, just, just being a, awareness, because when you're out, majority of the time, when you're going to the stores, when you're going to also inside the doctor's office, they don't know. And, you know, they are not educated. So sometimes you have to educate them because they don't know how to respond, you know? And, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I, I love to be an advocate, but I also love to have the individuals, you know, be themselves and have their own independency as much as I can. So education on it is, is uh, the awareness of disability is, is so crucial. And, and I, I think I love where Bark has opened up more facilities of day programs and that has been like a big plus because you you see it 
when the individual come back home and they'd be like, we did this, we did that, you know, and then they're so excited to go back, you know? So it's good to see that people are doing more for the disability community. Mm -hmm. my, my next question is what can be done to like make sure that people with disabilities have equal access to what, you know, a number of services that they need um, because oftentimes people with disabilities don't have that opportunity. I just wanted to get your perspective on it. The more and more I see it, it they have a voice. And I think the, the biggest thing sometimes you that I've seen in the past, not just with, not with Bark, but just seen in the past is that they don't allow them to speak you know, and therefore, you know, you don't know what they want. You don't know what they can do and what they can't do. But just to put it out there, I mean, locally, um, word of mouth, just just there's so many different things. Um, I, I noticed that certain things that come through the mail that I've never seen done before, you know, and that'll help alert people more, you know, because um, and also in certain programs, like I was saying, they opened up certain facilities that I've seen where the disability community can work. They go and do like little piece work and, and, and that's a plus and that's what they need. We need more of those things out there. I think that was that was really good because it's to hear some some of them come home sometimes and be like, I went to work, you mm -hmm. know, I, I did this amount of work and I was like, well, good for you. You know, it, it's just happy to, you know, that they're they feel worthy. They feel like they did something they can't, and they did, you know? So I, I, I think that, you know, we need more advocacy out there. We need more awareness, um, however it's done, billboards, commercials, you know, uh, flyers, you know, whatever can be, be done, do it. It's best to do something than nothing. Mm-hmm, yep, oh, that's true. Um, lastly, what two pieces of advice would you give someone that is a parent with a disability guardian or other individual involved, you know, who, with someone with a disability? How can they be sort of that champion or that voice for those individuals? The biggest thing I would I would say, um, just to even have to be in that that role of being a parent or a guardian or, or a caretaker, the breathe, just breathe. Cause sometimes circumstances, you know, can come overwhelming sometimes, but just breathe, um, find someone to talk to, you know, pray, um, reach out to others. Cause there's, 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 you know, you're not always alone, but in order to be a true champion, because you can't be that champion if you're, you're not good. If you're not, your well-being is not where it needs to be. Your mind is not stable, but, you know, and, and speak out, you know, speak out and speak out and, and, and expose people for their, for their ignorance. You know, it's not that they, you know, don't know, but some people just don't really know and they don't understand mm -hmm. it. I'll bring forward because I, I remember being with one of our individuals one time into the store and, and I like to give them their independency. Um, I let them go go all the way around the store, do what you're going to do. I, I stand back. You know, if they need my help, then I'll come, you know, how can I help you? But this one in particular time, and, and I, 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 was, I felt so bad. The One of the individuals was, you know, at the counter doing what he needed to do. And 
the cashier was very rude, very mm-hmm. rude and, and, and was like kind of raised their voice and yelling at the client, the individual. And I was like, wait a minute, hold up. So I had to intervene and I could, the client uh, individual, excuse me, was uh, just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I said, trying to let him know, listen, it's not your fault. And I turned to the cashier and I, and I let him know. And I said, listen, I said, don't talk to him that way. You have no right to talk to him that way, you know, because he's really insecure somewhat about, you know, his helmet that he wears, you know, and, you know, people see a helmet, they pretty much put you in a category of certain things and areas. And so I don't know what he was thinking, um, the cashier, but I told him, I said, you have no right to talk to him. I said, he's an individual just like you are. The same respect you want, he deserved the same thing. And I said, it's not fair. So, you know, they finished their transactions and things like that. And, and it kind of hurt me even further because even when we got out the store, the individual kept apologizing again for, he just felt like he messed up. And mm-hmm. I, said, I said, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. That's his fault because being ignorant of judging you, because that's what he was doing, judging you and discriminating against you. And I said, I will not tolerate that. And I, and I also let the cashier know you're discriminating against him because you see he has a helmet on. He did not hear you, you know? And I told him, I said, we, we can't come here, you know, cause you, you supposed to be treated like a human being, like a, a person, no matter where you go. And if somebody is not willing to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated, then you don't go there. We won't go there. And he felt so good afterwards. <laughs> you know, he was like, okay, we won't go there. Let's go here, let's go, you know? And I was like, yes. But you know, a lot of times if nobody says anything, it'll keep continuing on. And the cycle has to stop somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, we as as advocates, we as caretakers and, you know, even parents, if we're parents or guardian, we're going to step up for our, our family anyway. But, you know, even outside that, they're not our family. We have an obligation to make sure that everybody is treated equal, no matter what the condition is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a great story. And it's really great points there, 